This is a podcast for Indelible, a documentary project in progress for the week of February 22nd, 2019. This is the second podcast for this week. It's a little podcast I wanted to do because there was some important legal news that came out that I believe will impact a lot of people, including those who are involved in this project or who are the subject of this project. A very important legal precedent has been established regarding how the bias of a judge is determined when they are assigned to a case addressing issues involving law enforcement. Very often, a judge may have close ties to law enforcement, to law enforcement officers or others, or may come from a similar background. They may have been a prosecutor or worked closely with them, and may maintain close ties and friendships. Yet, absurdly, they feel comfortable claiming they have no bias when overseeing a case that may challenge the actions of law enforcement. Until this recent ruling, in the case of Mumia Abu-Jamal, who has sat on death row for 40 years for a crime he did not commit, He was convicted and remains in prison because of his political history. Such a biased judge could not be removed. On January 8, 2019, a court ruled that the denial of Mumia's right to appeal was unjust because the ruling judge was biased because of his relationships with law enforcement. And there's a link to that um, original uh, transcript if you want to read it on the Enfold site. It's also in the um, program notes for the podcast on iTunes. This ruling is very important to ensuring that our courts become a healthy and just forum for justice. For decades now, the courts and law enforcement worked together as a fraternity. Women participated It did not matter if the accusers were themselves compromised or participated in setting up the accused or were responsible for federal crimes themselves, including capital crimes. They could have confidence that a judge would likely rule against the party they wanted convicted and would look the other way when it came to their own wrongdoing. And so innocent people spent their lives in prison, including teens, while murderers and rapists wearing uniforms gained promotions and lived out their lives in a kind of freedom. The the vulnerable populations, or those who witnessed bad acts by these individuals, were often terrified as they were targeted and threatened by this corrupt ring of false authorities, including those in courts or who held high political office. Former inmates became informants under threat of re-imprisonment, and they had no doubt any false conviction would succeed as the deeper one goes into learning about the justice system, the more one can see the reach of the ring of corruption the reach goes all the way up. 
With the indelible project, such corruption has been clearly observed. In the case of Carl L. Harp, in both his conviction and murder in prison, as well as his undocumented work and training for the military as a teen in poverty, and also in the case of the former kid survivor Artie Dufer, who sits in federal prison today, past the expiration of his sentence, which ended in 2016. But also in the details of his criminal case, including the Western Washington Federal Court's attempt to retract his trial documents illegally from the National Archives and attempt to destroy them once it became known that I intended intended to access them as part of my research. And that that occurred in March and April 2017. It also became evident when I filed a FOIA, which is Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA lawsuit to obtain public records from the FBI on HARP, my father, and myself from an interaction I had at Carnegie Mellon University when I served on their faculty. Um, And just to briefly state that I made a complaint and um, brought it to the attention of the FBI and they did nothing, (laughs) nothing helpful. But they did gather information. And I wanted to see what information was gathered and I had a right to that information. I did never receive that. I have never received that. I received a handful of documents on HARP but was denied the rest. And when I went to court to object, the federal judge stated he was a friend of the officer in Harp's criminal case and that my questioning the FBI on the Harp case proved to him my legal position was invalid. This was an admission of bias. Yet when I filed a motion claiming this, asking for a reassignment, My claim was dismissed by the Chief Justice. This justice is the boss of the biased judge. He works in the same building. They are colleagues. To find bias in his staff would reflect poorly on his own role. But with this new ruling, such easy dismissals of honest claims of bias after a judge admits bias in open court stating he has a history and friendship with the very law enforcement being questioned, would demand his recusal without argument. And a judge would have to be assigned who had no history with law enforcement, period. So that's all I have for tonight. It's a a very positive and encouraging um, ruling and I think that it'll be useful in a lot of upcoming cases and will help a lot of people. So please um, share this information or share the original post about this uh, content with others that you think will benefit from it. Okay.